0: and welcome to the morning segment of the Monday, January 1st episode of the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. I am Wayne Floyd, your host. The Faith Comes From Hearing podcast is a humble member of the Christian podcast community. You can find us over at christianpodcastcommunity.org. A lot of great listening over there, over 60 well-curated podcasts, wide, wide variety of topic areas, all covered from a Christian worldview. My brothers and sisters in Christ over there doing great work for the kingdom. Again, I would encourage you to go on over there, Um, I will almost guarantee I will actually, I will, I will guarantee you, you're going to find something over there you want to listen to. And there's a very good chance. And I say this from experience that you'll find more over there to listen to than you actually have time to listen to it in. All right. Well, happy new year. It is new year's day. So happy new year. Hopefully you were safe last evening. Hopefully you went and worshiped the Lord, or maybe you, um, if you couldn't meet with, with, um, your saints physically hopefully you joined us on our on our live stream but hopefully you had a safe evening last night and you are with us this morning safely um i if you noticed i've got um i changed up my music uh for my intro and for my middle portion between the two segments and my outro i decided to find something new for 2024 and we're going to do some slightly different things um give you a quick rundown. So, you know, I was going to kind of walk, move away from uh, the Valley of Vision prayers. I'm not going to do that. I changed my mind. Nor am I going to move away completely from Spurgeon's devotions. But what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and use uh, the week, weekday morning and evenings to open up and to close the the to- totality of the podcast like I've been doing. Because I, I like us being in the word, the words of the Puritans. It's just they are so pietous, and I mean that in a good way. They are so holy. I mean, the, the, these folks that wrote these, these men that wrote these, it just, it's just so good. So we're going to do that. We're also going to do a prayer from Valley of Vision, and I'm going to work us through Valley of Vision. And I think I'm actually going to go front to back through Valley of Vision as many times as we need to um, for the closeout for the morning segment. But for the evening segment, I'm going to open us up with a prayer from John MacArthur. His, his children put together a book of his prayers and it's called at the throne of grace so we're going to use something from that to open up our evening segment then i'm also going to do the daily devotional so i'm going to do oh sorry so for spurgeon for the for spurgeon's devotional we're going to use the morning devotional from spurgeon but for the evening devotional we're going to do it from um drawing near which is john MacArthur's devotional bible we're going to do his um it just to expose you to something new. But then, of course, we're going to continue on with our Bible reading. We're, we're starting over with the exact same Bible reading plan that we used last year. But we're going to start over and work our way back to it. Because it's very, very critical that we be in the Word of God. And we're going to continue our Bible study in the Gospel of John. Um, I haven't decided where we're going to go after we finish the Gospel of John. I thought about either moving into either moving over and working through the Gospel of Matthew. Or moving into John's epistles. You know, 1st John, 2nd John, 3rd John. I may do that. I'd actually prefer to do that, but we'll we'll have to see how that goes. But with all of that said, and now that I've rambled enough, let's go ahead and open up the morning segment. And like we always do on Monday mornings, we're going to open up with the second day morning prayer. It's called God over all. Let's pray. O God all-sufficient, thou hast made and upholdest all things by the word of thy power. Darkness is thy pavilion. Thou walkest on the wings of the wind. All nations are nothing before thee. One generation succeeds another, and we hasten back to the dust. The heavens we behold will vanish away like the clouds that cover them. The earth we tread on will dissolve as a morning dream. But thou, unchangeable and incorruptible, art forever and ever. God over all, blessed eternally. Infinitely great and glorious art thou. We are thy offspring in thy care. Thy hands have made and fashioned us. Thou hast watched over us with more than parental love, more than maternal tenderness. Thou hast holden our soul in life, and not suffered our feet to be moved. Thy divine power has given us all things necessary for life and godliness. Let us bless Thee at all times, and forget not how Thou hast forgiven our iniquities, healed our diseases, redeemed our lives from destruction, crowned us with loving kindness and tender mercies, satisfied our mouths with good things, renewed our youth like the eagles. May Thy holy scriptures govern every part of our lives, and regulate the discharge of all our duties so that we may adorn thy doctrine in all things amen all right well our morning devotion and just a moment i need a little bit of coffee here so just a moment all right and here are the hopes for uh for this year i'm hoping i can get to the point that i can afford to get myself a soundboard, an inexpensive one, but a soundboard to run this through so I can have like a cough button and stuff so I I don't have to put my hand up to mute that kind of stuff and I can actually pause this much easier Um, because doing it on the computer is a little harder to pause and get stuff like that right. So morning devotion from Spurgeon's morning and evening. The text for it is from Joshua 512. They did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year israel's weary wanderings were all over and the promised rest was attained no more moving tents fiery serpents fierce Amalekites, and howling wildernesses they came to the land which flowed with milk and honey and they ate the old corn of the land perhaps this year beloved christian reader this may be thy case or mine joyful is the prospect <clears throat> and if faith be an active exercise it will yield unalloyed delight To be with Jesus in the rest which remaineth for the people of God is a cheering hope indeed, and to expect this glory so soon is a double bliss. Unbelief shudders at the Jordan which still rolls between us and the goodly land, but let us rest assured that we have already experienced more ills than death at its worst can cause us. Let us banish every fearful thought and rejoice with exceeding great joy in the prospect that this year we shall begin to be forever with the Lord. apart of the host will this year tarry on earth, to do service for their Lord. If this should fall to our lot, there is no reason why the New Year's text should not still be true. We who have believed do enter into rest. The Holy Spirit is the earnest of our inheritance. He gives us glory begun below. In heaven they are secure, and so are we preserved in Christ Jesus. There they triumph over their enemies, and we have victories too. Celestial spirits enjoy communion with their Lord, and this is not denied to us. They rest in His love, and we have perfect peace in Him. They hymn His praise, and it is our privilege to bless Him too. We will this year gather celestial fruits on earthly ground, where faith and hope have made the desert like the garden of the Lord. Man did eat angels' food of old, and why not now? Oh, for grace to feed on Jesus, and so to eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan this year. All right. Well, our reading for the first of January, so for day one of this year, uh, we're going to read Genesis one and two, Matthew one through Matthew two, verse 12, Psalm one, Proverbs one, the first six verses. So Genesis one, hear the word of the Lord. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was formless and void and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. And God God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, one day. Then God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the expanse and separated the waters which were below the expanse from the waters which were above the expanse, and it was so. And God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening, and there was morning, a second day. Then God said, Let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit after their kind with seed in them. And it was so. And the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed after their kind, and trees bearing fruit with seed in them after their kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, a third day. Then God said, let there be light in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years and let them be for lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. So God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and also the stars. And God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule the day and the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, a fourth day. Then God said, Let the water swarm with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the expanse of the heavens. And God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves, with which the waters swarmed after their kind and every winged bird after its kind, and God saw that it was good. Then God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, a fifth day. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind, cattle and creeping things, and beasts of the earth after their kind. And it was so. God made the beasts of the earth after their kind, and the cattle after their kind, and every creeping thing of the ground after its kind, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, so that they will have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that creeps on the earth. Then God said, Behold, I have given to you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth, and every tree which has the fruit of the tree yielding seed, it shall be food for you. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the sky, and to every thing that creeps on the earth which has life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. And God saw it all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Genesis 2 Thus the heavens and the earth were completed, and all their hosts. And on the seventh day God completed his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because on it he rested from all of his work which God had created in making it. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that Yahweh God made earth and heaven. Now no shrub of the field was yet in the earth, and no plant of the field had yet grown. For Yahweh God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was no man to cultivate the ground. But a stream would rise from the earth and water the whole surface of the ground. Then Yahweh God formed man of dust from the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And so the man became a living being. And Yahweh God planted a garden in Eden toward the east, and there he placed the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground Yahweh God caused to grow every tree that is desirable in appearance and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now a river went out out of Eden to water the garden, And from there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is Pishon. It is the one that went around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. Now the gold of that land is good. The Bdellium and the Onyx stone are there. And the name of the second river is Gihon. Yeah, Gihon. It is the one that went around the whole land of Cush. And the name of the third river is Tigris. It is the one that went east of Asher. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. Then Yahweh God took the man and set him in the garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. And Yahweh God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may surely eat, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat from it, for in the day that you eat from it you will surely die. Then Yahweh God said, It is not good for the the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. And out of the ground Yahweh God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky, and he brought each to the man to see what he would call it. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. And the man gave names to all the cattle and to the birds of the sky and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper suitable for him. So Yahweh God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And he slept, then he took out one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place, And Yahweh God fashioned the rib, which he had taken from the man, into a woman, and he brought her to the man. Then the man said, This one finally is bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, because this one was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother, and cleave to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked, and were not ashamed." All right, Matthew 1, and hang on a minute. I'm starting to get a little bit of a frog in my throat, so I had a little coffee there. All right, Matthew 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac was the father of Jacob, and Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. And Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar. And Perez was the father of Hezron. And Hezron was the father of Ram. And Ram was the father of Aminadab. And Aminadab was the father of Nashon. And Nashon was the father of Salmon. And Salmon was the father of Boaz by Rahab. And Boaz was the father of Obed by Ruth. And Obed was the father of Jesse. And Jesse was the father of David, the king. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah. And Solomon was the father of Rehoboam and Rehoboam was the father of Abiha and Abiha was the father of Asa and Asa was the father of Jehoshaphat and Jehoshaphat was the father of Joram and Joram was the father of Uzziah and Uzziah was the father of Jotham and Jotham was the father of Ahaz and Ahaz was the father of Hezekiah and Hezekiah was the father of Manasseh and Manasseh was the father of Amon and Amon was the father of Josiah. And Josiah was the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. And after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel. And Shealtiel was the father of Zerubbabel. And Zerubbabel was the father of Abihud. And Abihud was the father of Eliakim. And Eliakim was the father of Azor. And Azor was the father of Zadok. And Zadok was the father of Achim. And Achim was the father of Eliud. And Eliud was the father of Eleazar. And Eleazar was the father of Metthan. And Metthan was the father of Jacob. And Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, by whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. Therefore, all the generations from Abraham to David are fourteen generations. And from David to the deportation to Babylon, fourteen generations. And from the deportation to Babylon to, to the Christ, fourteen generations. And she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place in order that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet would be fulfilled, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph got up from his sleep, and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. Matthew 2, reading through to verse 12. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east, and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he was inquiring of them where the Christ was to be born. And they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a leader, who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi, and carefully determined from them the time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and when you have found him, report to me, so that I too may come and worship him. Now after hearing the king, they went their way, and, behold, the star which they had seen in the east was going on before them, until it came and stood over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And after coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi departed for their own country by another way. Psalm 1 How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers! But his delight is in the law of Yahweh! and in His law He meditates day and night. And He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither, and in whatever He does He prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not rise in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For Yahweh knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Finally, Proverbs 1, verse 1 through 6. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and discipline, to understand the sayings of understanding, to receive discipline that leads to insight, righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, to the youth knowledge and discretion. Let the wise man hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire guidance. To understand a proverb and an enigma, the words of the wise and their riddles <clears throat> all right well that is our uh segment our morning segment for today um and our our well let's see so again i know i've changed up a few things but i've kept a few things the same i hope i hope it doesn't get stale for you um again i i am doing it for you i'm not really doing this for myself though i though i do get very very well edified and and uh uplifted by doing this um so i i hope this doesn't feel too stale that I'm, I'm keeping some of some similar elements from last season um from from 2023 and from 2022 when i started it um i just feel like we need we need to stay in spurgeon to a certain extent his his, his devotions are just so so good So we need to keep ourselves exposed to them as well as to the Valley of Vision prayers. But I did want to add some new stuff in Um, and we may change them around. I may not stay in the MacArthur, the MacArthur stuff I have. Um, There are some other stuff I've looked at as well that I may try out um, as well just to keep us in solid stuff. But that that's my point. So again, I hope you have yourself a wonderful day. I would continue to implore you to do all that you do for the glory of God. And I hope to see you for the evening segment. And I hope you like the new music. I I just wanted to try something a little bit different. All right. So the prayer we're going to close out with from Valley of Vision is called the Trinity. Let's pray. Three in one, one in three, God of my salvation, heavenly father, blessed son, eternal spirit. I adore Thee as one being, one essence, one God in three distinct persons, for bringing sinners to Thy knowledge and to Thy kingdom. O Father, Thou hast loved me and sent Jesus to redeem me. O Jesus, Thou hast loved me and assumed my nature, shed Thine own blood to wash away my sins, wrought righteousness to cover my unworthiness. O Holy Spirit, Thou hast loved me and entered my heart, and planted there eternal life, revealed to me the glories of Jesus. Three persons in one God, I bless and praise Thee for love so unmerited, so unspeakable, so wondrous, so mighty, to save the lost and raise them to glory. O Father, I thank Thee that in fullness of grace Thou hast given me to Jesus to be His sheep, jewel, portion. O Jesus, I thank Thee that in fullness of grace Thou hast accepted, espoused, bound me. O Holy Spirit, I thank Thee that in fullness of grace Thou hast exhibited Jesus as my salvation implanted faith within me subdued my stubborn heart made me one with him forever o father thou art enthroned to hear my prayers o jesus thy hand is outstretched to take my petition o holy spirit thou art willing to help my infirmities to show me my need to supply words to pray within me to strengthen me that i faint not in supplication O triune God, who commandeth the universe, thou hast commanded me to ask for those things that concern thy kingdom and my soul. Let me live and pray as one baptized into the threefold name. Amen. All right. Well, that is the end of our morning segment. Again, I thank you for spending this time with me, and I hope to see you for the evening segment. Have a good day. God bless. Good evening, and welcome to the evening segment of the Monday, January first episode of the Faith Comes from Hearing podcast. I continue to be Wayne Floyd, your host. Oh, well, it is New Year's Day. It is New Year's Day. I, I again, I like I said in the morning segment, I hope you were safe New Year's Eve. I hope things went smoothly for you. You had a good time with your family, but were responsible during that time. <laughs> so, you know, I hope things went well for you. I hope you're looking forward to a good year. I'm not a big person on new year's resolutions and stuff like that. I feel figure if you're going to do things, you're going to do things. And if you're not a new year's resolution is not going to get you to do it. At least that's never been my, my experience. I, then again, maybe that's me. (laughs) Maybe that's just me and not you. Um, but I hope you noticed we, I did change some of the music around. I've done some new stuff for 2024, Um, You didn't really see much in the morning segment. We're still using the same Bible reading plan. We did Spurgeon's morning uh, morning devotion for January 1st. And our prayers were um, both opening and closing prayers for the morning segment were from Valley of Vision. But for this evening, for the evening segment, we're going to be using prayers out of uh, John MacArthur's. It's actually called At the Throne of Grace. And these are prayers from John MacArthur, um, and my understanding is, and I actually need to read into this more, but my understanding was that his children put these together from his prayers. Um, <clears throat> probably that it had been recorded um, through, uh, through um, his sermons, through his Sunday messages and stuff, and were recorded. So we're going to open up with that and we're actually going to do a devotional through from his devotional Bible. The, the, the evening devotional is going to be from Drawing Near, which is his MacArthur devotional Bible. So what it does is it has a daily devotion in it and then it has a reading plan. There's a reading plan laid in there um, that will walk you through the Bible in a year um it's the esv translation i don't typically read esv though esv is really really easy to read and it's a very good translation i'm not putting it down i just don't tend to use it Um, but my wife is using this that's so i'm borrowing this from her so i'm having to read hard copy for these i don't have electronic versions um, which is actually okay i'm I'm actually kind of enjoying that but we're again for this evening we're going to continue on Um, we are moving like i said we wrapped up john 16 on the 29th. And so 29th of December. So today we are picking up in John chapter 17. So we'll be moving on. So let's go ahead and open up. Like I said, we're opening up with a prayer from at the throne of grace. And the prayer is called the aching heart being satisfied in Christ. Um, I think this is something that <laughs> as much as we claim to be Christians, sometimes we get caught up in trying to be satisfied by the things of the world. And, and I'm not going to sit there and try to pontificate long, but I, I think this is a very important topic that we have to deal with as Christians. So let's go and open up this morning and let's pray. Oh, and I'll let you know, sorry, and I'll let you know, these are kind of long, so just hang on with me. But all right, the aching heart being satisfied in Christ. Let's pray. Almighty God, your judgments are unsearchable, and your ways unfashionable. From, from you, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Excuse me. Let's start over. Almighty God, your judgments are unsearchable, and your ways unfathomable. From you, and through you, and to you are all things. We are not sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us. Our only adequacy is what we receive from your gracious hand. You created us, not we ourselves. By your grace alone we are your people, and the sheep of your pasture. You have made us partakers in a glorious new covenant. In Jesus Christ we can see the unveiled brightness of your glory face to face. We are therefore participants in the ministry of righteousness, and living reflections of that glory which does not fade away. All the tainted glory of this fallen world is fading away. We rejoice in that knowledge, and we look forward to the coming of your kingdom when the glory of Christ will shine brightly throughout all the earth. In the meantime, we earnestly desire to be vessels of His glory, reflecting the beauty of His moral perfection, and establishing the honor of His name, so that all the world may see and hear. Yet we know, Lord, that sin has blinded the minds of those who do not know Christ. A veil has been erected that obscures eternal truth from the hearts of so many. Make us a living letter, not with ink and paper, but by the Spirit of the living God, to be known and read by all, so that the ministry of righteousness may truly abound in glory. We grieve over the heartache caused by sin. We know that the consequences of evil doing are always bitter. Although temptation invariably comes to us with promise promises of ease, comfort, pleasure, and self-gratification, we have learned the hard way that every fruit of evil is thoroughly and inevitably corrupt we know from the testimony of your word that sin is what unleashed pain and suffering into the universe in the first place help us to be mindful of that when we are tempted and help us to have sin even more than we dis- i'm sorry and help us to hate sin even more than we despise sin's consequences how our hearts rejoice that christ has been manifested to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness HE DELIVERS OUR SOULS FROM DEATH, AND HE KEEPS OUR FEET FROM STUMBLING, SO THAT WE MIGHT WALK BEFORE YOU IN THE LIGHT OF LIFE. HE IS THE ONE WHO SAID, ALL THINGS HAVE BEEN HANDED OVER TO ME BY MY FATHER, AND NO ONE KNOWS THE SON EXCEPT THE FATHER, NOR DOES ANYONE KNOW THE FATHER EXCEPT THE SON, AND ANYONE TO WHOM THE SON WILLS TO REVEAL HIM. COME TO ME, ALL WHO ARE WEARY AND HEAVY-LADEN, AND I WILL GIVE YOU REST. TAKE MY yoke UPON YOU, AND LEARN FROM ME. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Only He can salve salve all the pains of our hearts, and satisfy the deepest longings of our souls. That is why, dear Father, we come to worship you in Jesus' name. By Him we have obtained access into your presence. Because of His sacrifice on our behalf, we have received full pardon for all our sins. We come clothed in the spotless garment of His perfect righteousness nevertheless we come with a deep sense of spiritual poverty marveling that we can be so loved and lavished with such grace when we are so often forgetful of your goodness and so prone to self-indulgence lord we thank you for that endless forgiveness that comes to us and we praise you for being prepared for us i'm sorry we praise you for having prepared for us a glorious eternal destiny we trust you fully for the grace needed to sustain us until our dying day or until that day when we meet the Lord in the air to be with him forevermore. Hear our prayers, Father, for we offer it according to your will and in your Son's precious name. Amen. All right. First time reading through that. Really, really love that one. All right. So our evening devotion here, and I'm sorry, I realize this is going to take a little bit longer in the evenings if I do this. So maybe we'll we'll, we'll look at it. But let's see, the devotion for today, um, this is speaking of the measure of true success, and the scripture for it is Ephesians 1.1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. God is more interested in your faithfulness than he is in your accomplishments. Our society is success-oriented. We love success stories. We even have television programs that exalt the lifestyles of the rich and famous but god's standard for success is quite different unimpressed by our status or wealth he looks instead for faithfulness to his will paul understood that principle and diligently pursued his calling as an apostle one of those unique men who were foundational to the church and who were recipient sorry and who were recipients teachers and written of the new testament i'm sorry and writers of the new testament that was a high calling and yet judging from paul's lifestyle most people would hardly call him successful, having suffered imprisonments, beatings, death threats, shipwrecks, robberies, hatred from his theological enemies, sleepless nights, hunger, thirst, and exposure to the elements. That's from 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-three 23-27. But none of those things d- deterred him from obeying God's will. His final testimony was, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith from 2 Timothy 4.7. That's true success. Although we're not apostles, we're to follow Paul's example of faithfulness, 1 Corinthians 11.1. That's possible because like the Ephesians, Ephesian believers, we are saints, holy ones, and are faithful in Christ Jesus. It's from Ephesians 1.1. By God's grace, we've trusted in Christ as our Lord and Savior, Ephesians 2.8 and 9. And have received His righteousness, Philippians 3:9, and His Spirit, Ephesians 3:16, and every spiritual resource necessary for faithfulness, victorious for faithful, a victorious Christian living, Ephesians 1:3. What remains is to cultivate greater love for Christ and more consistent obedience to His Word. Those are the hallmarks of a true disciple and God's measure of success. Make it your goal that your life today warrants the Lord's commendation. Well done good and faithful servant Matthew 25:21 Suggestions for prayer Praise God for his wonderful grace by which he granted your salvation and all the spiritual resources you need thank him for his word through which you learn the principles of godly th- living ask him for opportunities today to encourage the faithfulness of others Alright, well that is our yeah, and that's good. Ten minutes in. Sorry. Maybe I'll have to think about that a little bit. Um, that may be a little bit long because we want to get straight into our Bible study because we don't want to shortchange that. Well, like we've said before, we finished John 16. We finished the Upper Room discourse, um, which again, as we talked about, that was that was the private, private teaching, the private discipleship of the 12 that jesus had he would finished his public ministry that was his private ministry to his chief disciples to those 12. and he's finished it we finished it um last friday um uh, the 29th of december and now we're into john 17. now please understand we're still in the upper room they haven't left the upper room let, let yet they won't leave till john 18 um, where they head over to the garden of gethsemane so they're still in the upper room but he has completed the teaching doesn't mean that there's not more that they that those 12 and that you and I need to hear thus the recording of this high priestly what's called the high priestly prayer. But again we've we've um. but he's completed the actual instruction and a number of things now. So we've got a whole chapter that is this high priestly prayer. And if that doesn't say it enough, <laughs> I, you know, if that doesn't say enough, the criticality of prayer, um, I'm not sure what else does. I'm not sure what else can tell you. Um, you know, we we, we got to think about it. Um, we read this. We read this last year. I think it was during last year um, in Thomas Watson's A Godly Man's Picture. He says, a man cannot live unless he takes his breath, nor can the soul unless it breathes forth its desire to God. What Watson is talking about there and what we really have to understand is that our prayer is our communication with God. Is our soul breathing out its needs from God? we, We see that repeatedly through the prayers. And please know while I was studying on this, oh my gosh. The, the number of prayers and of course part of that you know you, you know I always use MacArthur's commentary but I use others as well but going through the commentaries I use the number of prayers that were listed out as examples in these commentaries and which were only a sampling was huge now I'm I even in reading through them I was like I, I I realized we didn't have the time in the in the you know, 20 minute, 25 minute, maybe that of Bible study we're doing here. There's no way we had the time to be able to, uh, (laughs) to, for me to run through all these example prayers. But let me, let me, let me just think of a few, um, here real quick. Um, one of the ones that stuck out is David, even though he knows that the first child he has with Bathsheba, um, is a child of sin. He has sinned against Uriah. He has sinned against God. Actually, he even says that um, in Psalm 51. He has sinned against God. God would have provided him anything, and God calls him out on it. I would have provided you anything, yet you took this other man's. You took his wife. And so that child does not survive. But even David, knowing that that's what's going to happen, prayed for that child. Prayed for that child. Um, that that was the desires of his heart. We see it repeatedly um, throughout. We see Abraham pray for Isaac. We see um, Isaac pray for Rebecca. We see you know it just it goes on through. We um, Hannah. I actually spoke about this in my um, in my in my uh, my little sermonette for our Christmas Eve service. That uh, you know we we see Mary's Magnificat, her song. And, and while we think of it as a song, it's also a prayer. It's a prayer to God. It's a praising of God and an acknowledging of God. Well, Hannah's was as well. Hannah, we, we see her do that after Samuel was born. But we see her before God with Eli seeing her there, praying to God to grant her a child. Okay, we see prayer throughout. Prayer saturates the Bible. Um, I truly don't know. Give me a second here. I truly don't know how you can read the scriptures and not realize how saturated it is with prayer. The fact is we have a whole book, not just, I mean, here in John, we have a whole chapter that is the high priestly prayer. But in the Bible, we have a whole book that is a book of prayer. Is also a book of song, but it's a book of prayer, the Psalms. I mean, we really do. So prayer is critical. And we've seen Jesus repeatedly pray specifically at specific times, though we don't necessarily get all the details of it. But we've also seen him teach. I mean, it's critical enough the disciples ask him to teach them how to pray. And so he teaches them what we call the Lord's Prayer. I don't think that's correct. Um, I I think Pastor Jay is correct in entitling it the Disciples Prayer because that's really who it was for. He was teaching the disciples how to pray. This right here, and, and MacArthur says the same thing about it, is this right here. This is the real Lord's Prayer because this, this is Jesus praying to the Father. Okay, this is Jesus praying to the Father. But we see how critical prayer is. Uh, we see repeatedly um, it speak of Jesus going off on his own and praying. Um, he he does that in the Garden of Gethsemane. We're, we're coming up on that in John 18, 19 as we get into that. We see him in the Garden of Gethsemane and he goes off to pray. I mean, he's, he's within hours of being murdered and he goes off to pray. That's how critical this is. We see um, another commentator speak of this, speak of this chapter. And they say, this chapter embraces the longest recorded prayer of our Lord while He was on the earth. No doubt He prayed other prayers at lengthy, as lengthy as this, for we know He spent much time in prayer and in communion with His Heavenly Father. But God did not see fit to give these other prayers to us as the Holy Ghost spoke to holy men. We have many of the sermons of Jesus, many of His parables, but only this one lengthy prayer. There we go. I mean, we, we have this prayer, we have this prayer here before us. And so what we're looking at today and, and, and over the next three days, God willing. So the, the title of this section, as as we start in, and it's dealing with just the very first verse, it's the real Lord's prayer. And so what we're going to look at here is we end up looking at the setting of the prayer. We look at the substance of it. And then we look at, um, let me see, I'm trying to find this, the setting of the prayer, the substance of it, and the length and detail of it, of the prayer. So we're going to deal with that here within just this first verse. So what I'm going to read to you here is John 17, verse 1a. Jesus spoke these things and lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. So... when he says this jesus spoke these things this is a reference back this is almost a therefore you know what what have i said about therefore so you got to wonder about what is the therefore therefore and typically the therefore is telling you look before the therefore and the theref, the what's before the therefore relates to what's being said after the therefore it's it's why the after the therefore well so this Jesus spoke these things as a reference back to John 13 through 16, this upper room discourse, all that has happened here in the upper room. So he said all these things and now he's going to pray. Now, again, we've got to remember, we've got to remember he's like I said, he's within hours. He is within hours of being, of being betrayed, being arrested Being abandoned by his men, being reviled unjustly, um, being tried in a kangaroo court, being mocked, being beaten, and then being crucified unjustly. He's within hours of that. Yet he prays. And we've got to remember, I mean, we've watched here and we've talked about it before as the disciples, as they're struggling. I mean, we as we said before, they're struggling and justifiably so. I mean, they, they while they believe that Jesus is the son, that he is the son of God, that he's the Messiah. At the same time, they still have that belief that, that comes out of their culture, that he's there to be a worldly savior, a worldly um, reliever of their stress their pain a worldly bringer of peace but he's not he's there to bring spiritual please peace again i've talked about it before that that you know it's it's that spiritual blindness showing up and understandably so i mean i mean they just don't their culture hasn't reached that point so to expect these four fishermen and a tax collector and a zealot and all these rest to to get there now yes they've been walking with jesus for three years and my brother brother randy um believe me if you haven't done it go back and watch our live stream from our from our morning sermon from sunday december 20 31st sorry sunday december 31st and listen to his sermon he nailed it dealing with the difference and and he it's it's from Joshua one verse eight, but dealing dealing with the difference between knowing the scripture intellectually and truly being shaped and molded and put into action by the scripture, um, he speaks of being made an action figure, um, which was kind of funny, but it but it makes the true point. Um, he speaks about it, that the fact that the book that's after John isn't called the thoughts of the apostles or the knowledge of the apostles, it's the acts of the apostles. They went into action. They were driven into action. And he makes, he made a beautiful point, which I think applies here that, you know, you see these disciples and, and, you know, we see John one, I mean, we're in the book of John and I, (laughs) and Randy went there and I was like, yes, in John one, That Jesus is the word. He is the word of God. And they walked with the word of God for three years. Walked, lived, ate, were taught by the word of God. They knew the word of God. Yet when he was arrested, they scattered. Like you and I would have done. So again, not disparaging them. But they scattered. But it took Jesus coming back, being resurrected. Coming to them in the upper room there. In in the room where they were hiding coming to them, speaking to them, imparting to them, making clear to them, and then the Holy Spirit infusing them on Pentecost to turn them into the men of action. And that's what Randy was talking about with the word. These guys are at that point. Again, that's what we're talking about right here in John 17. And we're going to hit the point in John 20 where Christ comes to them, where they're hiding and speaks to them. And then we see in the beginning of Acts, the book of Acts, where the Holy Spirit indwells them, and they become men of action. Again, these these 11 plus Matthias and then Paul, (laughs) Paul, the persecutor of the church, carry a faith in Jesus Christ, carry a saving faith to the ends of the known world. And we've talked about that. But again, this is where these guys are coming from. They're not there yet. But he turns and prays. He turns and prays. So he's spoken all these things, trying to educate them, trying to tell. And like we've talked about, trying to tell them, listen, these things are going to happen. We know they're going to happen. They're not changing anything. We still have a mission. You still have a mission and a ministry to carry out. And he even spoke of it back in John 16. I'm going to flip back a page here. Um, The sorrow being turned to joy. Uh, verse 22, John 16, 22, therefore you too have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice and no one will take your joy away from you. He's very, very clear with them. A- again, verse 33, these things I've spoken to you and this, you know, like I said, this Jesus spoke these things it's like a therefore. Well, the therefore look right back at the previous verse, verse 33 of John 16. These things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world, saying, I have overcome it, and your tribulations, will, will, they will sharpen you, but then you will have peace. You will have that spiritual peace. You will have that saving faith in God, that saving faith in Christ. So Jesus spoke these things. Again, That this is what it's relating back to. But then we see Jesus lifts up his, his eyes to heaven. Now he said all this thing, I've overcome the world, but then what does he do next? He lifts up his eyes to heaven and he says, Father, the hour has come. In some translations, it's my father. So he lifts up his eyes to heaven. He said all these things, I've overcome the world, but then he turns to the power that's going to make that happen. Again, we have to understand, that his power is coming from God. He in his incarnate form. His power is coming from God. The things he's able to do come from God. In a lot of cases. Or actually probably in all the cases. From the Holy Spirit. From the Holy Spirit working in him. To allow him to resurrect Lazarus. To, to feed the 5,000. To give the, give the man born blind sight. Okay. So he turns to the father. He shows that clear dependence on the father. Which is good. He lifts up his eyes to heaven, to who he depends on. And he says, father, the hour has come. Now, like I said, some translations say my father. You have to understand in first century Judea and in first century Israel in their false religion, what it had become. You didn't refer to him that way. You didn't say my father. It was our father, the father of Israel, but you didn't talk about my father. Jesus was making a huge statement saying my father here, huge statement that they didn't like. They weren't going to like, I mean, the religious authority weren't, but he was making a clear statement before those 11, my father, the hour has come now. Remember we, we've we've gone over this repeatedly over the previous 16 chapters of John. There's multiple times we see Jesus make clear the time is not now. John 2 says it to his mother when she wants him to, to help out with the fact that they're running out of wine. Starts there. He says it multiple times. Um, they're going up to the to Feast of Booths and his brothers try to get him to go up go, go up there at the beginning of the feast. And he said, it's not yet my time. And then he goes up later in the feast. He said it repeatedly. It's not yet my time. But here he states clearly in front of the 11. Father, the hour has come. It is the time for him to finish the work that God has set for, for him to do. I mean, what does he say there on the cross? It is finished. And then he dies. It is finished. And what do we see when he ascends after he's been resurrected? What do we see when he ascends? He ascends and he sits down at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. And we have to understand what that means. It's not just he goes up and he pops a squat. On a stool set next to God. His sitting down. Makes clear that his work is complete. This is him going. The hour has come. It is time for me to finish the task. You set for me. On this earth. And so with it being that time. He's turning to pray to the father. That's the setting we're in. He has finished instructing. The 11 and trying to turn their sorrow to joy to try to show them that yes this is going to be hard for you yes this is going to be sorrowful but your sorrow will change to joy even while you're in sorrow and the world is celebrating around you your sorrow will go and you will be brought to joy and he turns to pray saying father the hour has come and that is our setting for the real Lord's Prayer. Alright, well, that's going to do it for our evening segment. Thank you for spending this time with me. I continue to pray that our time together in Bible study helps to, uh, helps both of us to come to a better understanding of the scripture. A better understanding of the word of God. And to truly shape our walk so that we truly maintain a Christ-like walk in this world. All right, let's go ahead and close out with prayer. We're going to close out with the second day evening prayer from Valley of Vision. It's called Bounty. Let's pray. Thou great and only potentate, thou hast made summer and winter, day and night. Each of these revolutions serves our, our welfare and is full of thy care and kindness. Thy bounty is seen in the relations that train us, the laws that defend us, the homes that shelter us, the food that builds us, the raiment that comforts us, the continuance of our health, members senses understanding memory affection will but as stars fade before the rising sun thou hast eclipsed all these benefits in the wisdom and grace that purposed redemption by jesus thy son blessed be thy mercy that laid help on one that is mighty and willing one that is able to save to the uttermost make us deeply sensible of our need of his saving grace of the blood that cleanses of the rest he has promised and impute to us that righteousness which justifies the guilty. Give them a title to eternal life, and possession of the Spirit. May we love the freeness of salvation, and joy in its holiness. Give us faith to grasp Thy promises that are our hope. Provide for every exigency, and prevent every evil. Keep our hearts from straying after forbidden pleasures. May Thy will bind all our wishes. Let us live out of the world as to its spirit, maxim, manners, but live in it as the sphere of our action and usefulness. May we be alive to every call of duty, accepting without question thy determination of our circumstances and our service. Amen. All right, again, I hope you have yourself a wonderful evening, and I hope to see you tomorrow morning. Uh, I want to let you know, Faith Comes From Hearing podcast is a, is a podcast that has been created on what used to be Anchor. It is called... um. Spotify, I'm sorry, it's Podcaster Spotify for podcasters. Um, that is where I generate it on. Um, you can find it um, out at christianpodcastcommunity.org They'll they actually stream it there. Uh, you can also find it on Spotify. You can find it on iTunes um, or Apple Podcasts. Um, you can find it on uh, Google Podcasts or, or yeah, Google Podcasts and on Podbean. You can find it out there. Um, on most, most of your, most of your popular podcasting platforms, you can find them out there. So please go and join. Um, I'm actually looking to get a website stood up, um, so I can host them there as well. So you can go over and check out things, looking to set up a ministry to be able to do a little bit more and try to get moving with doing a little bit more for the kingdom than ju- than just this, though, this is very, very important and kind of the crux for me, but Again, I hope you have yourself a wonderful night, and I hope to see you tomorrow morning. Have a good night. God bless.